Welcome to You, Me, Empathy. A safe place for leading with your heart. Hey, thanks for being here. You, Me, Empathy is the official podcast of the Feely Human Collective, a collaborative mental health community designed to empower each of us to grow our capacity for empathy, vulnerability, and emotional wayfinding. Just a friendly reminder that this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Known as just a silly boy with a feely heart. You can support the show by leaving a review in Apple Podcasts, following us on social media at Yumi Empathy and Feely Human, and joining the Feely Human Collective community at feelyhuman.co. And now your host, Known Wells. Hello, Feely Humans. Welcome to another episode of... You, me, empathy. My name is Known Wells. This is episode 155 on the healing power of palm reading with my guest, Helene Sacido. In this episode, Helene and I explore the stigma of spiritual practices like palm reading, Helene's journey of divorcing her husband and coming out as queer, how big risks can sometimes look like a midlife crisis, and the history, beauty, and healing power of palm reading. I really love this conversation. I knew I know nothing about palm reading, although I know a little bit now, thanks to my conversation with Helene. Uh, fascinating story, wonderful human, really enjoyed uh, jumping in to this heart first, uh, this conversation. And I think you'll love it too. Before we get to the episode, though, I wanted to remind you to please leave a rating and review for Yumi Empathy in Apple Podcasts. Uh, really, really, uh, it's a free way to support the show and this this podcast I've been doing for uh, three years now. Uh, and uh, it's a weekly show uh, that you get to listen to for free. And I would appreciate any uh, feedback and uh Five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts. Thank you for doing that. Uh, If you want to support uh, me and the work I do on an ongoing basis uh, financially, you can do so at patreon.com slash feelyhuman. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash feelyhuman. You can get bonus episodes of this podcast every month, bonus Zoom chats. The first Zoom chat actually is today. Um... For the ten dollar and up uh, patrons, uh, on we're talking about advocacy work in a, a time of uh, a lot of division and you know just being in a divided world. Uh, so, yeah, over at Patreon.com/slash/FeelyHuman, you get bonus zooms and other fun goodies. Check it out. Again, that's Patreon.com/slash/FeelyHuman. And uh, over at Feely Human, we're always looking for uh, writers um, and collaborators and workshop leaders. So go go check out feelyhuman.co and uh, you know check out the collaboration opportunities there. Um, and through uh, the rest of this month, uh, the shop at feelyhuman.co/shop is twenty percent off. So if you're looking for a fun shirt, a cute pin, some stickers. Uh, a couple of wonderful art collabs, including an empathy zine and a sticker from Bella, the empathy zines from Chloe. Um, check those out at feelyhuman.co slash shop. Uh, use code feely20, that's F-E-E-L-Y 20, uh, to get 20% off 
for uh, this month, this month only. Um, so check that out. That's a great way to support me, and you get some fun goodies in the process. Okay. Um, the last thing I'll say is, I guess, uh, if you are following uh, this podcast, Yumi Empathy, and, or Feely Human, or in any of the groups for Feely Human on Facebook, I have uh, decided to uh, delete my Facebook account. Um, it's something that hasn't... Uh, given me a lot of joy uh, over the years and and as i think through like some of my goals for 2021 and 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 what i want to do and um all of that like i it's just not part of that equation and so if you're following me there you're not following me on instagram at yumi empathy at feely human make sure to do that and sign up for the newsletter uh is a great way to keep in touch every month uh at uh, take my workshop, all of that stuff. Like, I, I really just want to like foster and grow the site, feelthehuman.co, and really, really do uh, more creative uh, collaborations and things uh, in the new year. So that's where my head's at. No more Facebook in, I guess, a couple of days from now is when I'm going to delete it. So uh, yeah, make sure to follow me on the other places. Okay, I think I'll leave it at that. Please enjoy this wonderful episode with the wonderful, wonderful wonderful, can't say that word, wonderful Helene Saucedo on the healing power of palm reading. Welcome to You, Me, Empathy, the official podcast of the Feely Human Collective. On this show, we explore the struggles, the triumphs, the brights and the darks we face as humans trying to get by on this wondrous and overwhelming pale blue dot. The intent of You, Me, Empathy is to talk openly without judgment about our mental health, our neuroses, our shared anxieties and worries, to create a dialogue that is vulnerable and deeply human and empathetic and to share that dialogue with others to inspire emotional and cognitive collaboration and insight so we can, hand in hand, break down the stigma that make us feel shame and guilt for struggling, for feeling our feelings, for being feely humans. Yumi Empathy is a safe, friendly space designed to inspire the beauty in each of us. Today, I'm having a total eclipse of the heart because I'm here with palm reader, artist, and author of the book, Handful of stars. It's Helene Sacido. Hello, Helene. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Um, I uh, that total eclipse of the heart reference is just because I love uh, that song by Bonnie Tyler. Yes, she's the best. Yes, but um, I really enjoyed your the hand in hand pun. That probably uh-huh. isn't something you say all the time. And, well, you probably do say it all the time when you're opening, but um, I just think it's pretty relevant to, you know, 
our topic of conversation and what I do. <laughs> that is that is true. Actually, it is uh, that intro, aside from your specific piece of it, is part of the intro uh, all of the time. And you're right. It I, I didn't think about that. It does it does work here. Right. It's a palm reader. I, I I welcome all the hand puns. All of the hand puns. So. <laughs> Helene, uh, I'm excited because I don't know anything about palm reading. I uh, It's something I really don't have any reference points for, but I do remember there might have been a character from the 1980s animated classic DuckTales in which maybe there was a character, a villain perhaps, that uh, did palm reading. And it's so funny that she... I'm just like thinking this on the fly. It's so funny that she was a villain because like maybe there's like palm reading is evil and the dark arts or whatever you know but right. that's my reference point exactly and like what if they're all ducks what is she reading um but anyways yes so, my, <laughs> right. <laughs> so where my, are they flying next <laughs> um so my company is called or my small business is called handful of stars because i really come from the lighter side of it um, mm. Because the, the greatest misconception um, for me as a palm reader is that I'm going to give people these dark prophecies, you know, and tell them when they're going to die or, or that they're going to, you know, get sick or whatever. There's all this negativity to palm reading. And that is exactly the opposite of my intention and my style. I'm really looking for uh, the light and empowerment and just connection with people. Um and so the, the way that I, um, I've only been doing it for about three years now, uh, but it has been the most rewarding job because I just get to hold people's hands and like, just do what you do. Talk mm. about real stuff. Like, you know, just, it's, there's no, Hey, how's the weather? It's like, Oh, Hey, tell me, you know, what does this mean to you? And, and just diving into, you know, deep, usually spiritual conversations. Yeah. No, it's, I, I like that you, Related, I mean, I appreciate and I I, I, um, I appreciate the sort of comparison to kind of like what I'm doing here with this podcast. And um, I don't take that lightly. I think that that's, that's a thing that I think I've been thinking about this concept lately. Um, I wonder if you can relate just this idea that like this work is human work, right? The idea that like I think we sometimes feel like we need to be these like professionals in you know with doctorates and like to like be able to talk about mental health or to talk about deep spiritual things or whatever um i feel like that's human work regardless like lived experience and stuff like those are important elements to healing and connection and relating and empathy and all those things and it's all it's all powers that we can all sort of hold oh, you know absolutely every once in a while i feel like silly you know if i sit on an airplane and you know someone says what do you do palm reader is not you know i'm not like brushing off my shoulders like i'm a palm reader sometimes <laughs> i think about think about going into like social work or like counseling or therapy like something that you know seems a little more professional because actually i do have a um a fairly successful background as an art director so mm. um you know, this has been a real turn for me. Um, but I don't feel like that's necessary. Um, I feel like my human experience is um, what allows me to, to connect with people. And my ability for empathy is 
is my superpower in what I do. And it's just holding space. Like that's what I, I'm just a professional holder of space. I'm here to see people and be like, oh yeah, I fuck up too. And you know, yeah, that's happened to me or I'm not judging you for what you've gone through. And, and people really just like to feel seen and heard and not judged in, in that conversation. So, you know, I really do understand what you've created here and, and really have a lot of respect for it. Yeah. Uh, thank you. I, I, what you said there, um, what struck me as interesting and at the first part of what you said was, you know, um, that, you know, it's like, I feel like there's, there still is like, you said like, you know, palm reading, it's not, it's not a thing. Like, you know, it's, or it's a thing, obviously, but it's like, it's not something you'd like to, to be like proud of or whatever, but like, we have, I think societally, like there's this thing where it's just like, we, we take certain, I don't know, jobs in society as like more serious or whatever. And I think that like shedding that is important because, you know, the, that framework, you know, normally, like I don't, but normally when you, when someone looks at, um, you could tell me a bit more about this, but looks at something like palm reading or, you know, astrology, things like that, um, as like, oh, that's just like, silliness or child's play and like what seriously is like or what's a serious job is like a lawyer or a businessman or whatever like and these are just outdated frames of thinking Uh, absolutely and it's so interesting that i'm talking to you today from like my father's desk because i feel like i i spent most of my life really trying to um impress him because he was a, a cfo and you know just very corporate and mm. I was always kind of a little strange weirdo, you know, super goth growing up in high school. And, um, but I still wanted to find a way to, you know, kind of like fit in or make him proud. So, um, I eventually ended up going to, to school for graphic design. I graduated from, from Savannah College of Art and Design. And I worked my way up from, um, like I worked for Coaching Network Latin America. And um, I was associate art director at Steve Madden Shoes. And um, my last job that I had was art director of advertising and promotion at McMillan Publishers, which is inside the Flatiron Building. And so, you know, wow. I'm like, I'm like, yes, come, come visit me in New York City, Dad. I've made it. But like, you had like pointy shoes and like <laughs> pants oh, no. and stuff. <laughs> oh no, I wasn't even like that. But it's just like on paper, you know, like yeah. it doesn't look any better. But I was absolutely miserable i was having panic attacks going to work every day and that's what started you know my own mental health journey with um, medication and things like that it really was to cope with the just trying to get to work um and now Mm. looking back on that i kind of see that as my body saying like you're not built for this you know like just my whole nervous system was like don't why are you even going here this isn't for you um not that I regret any of that um, journey because I absolutely believe that, um, you know, in hindsight, 2020, everything that I've done has brought me to where I am now, which is um, it just feels like a, it feels like I'm in alignment. Like I'm, I'm here right now doing what I'm supposed to be doing, which is using, you know, that sensitivity and empathy to connect with people. And, you know, I got to, a book deal. Um, my book came out a year ago and I, that was nothing I ever thought was going to happen to me. So. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's so cool. I mean, I, I, I like this idea about alignment, uh, 
you know, and I, I think about it a lot. It is something though that takes uh, a great deal of uh, curiosity and willingness to be uncomfortable and willingness to figure out what just what the hell we we need to be aligned with for ourselves, our bodies, our minds, all of it, you know. And uh, it takes work. I'm curious for you, Helene, like what, tell me a little bit about like the person you were during the period before you had your kind of wake up call and and what, what sort of, uh, I don't know, what, what inspired you? Like what, what was going on there? Yeah. So there's a much deeper story to all of that. Um, You know, I think I was just, again, trying to make my father proud. So when I went to school for design, I, you know, met a man and got married and was just checking all the boxes, you know. So um, I I got pregnant when I was working at Macmillan Publishers. And like I said, I was miserable. So I kind of took that as a good reason to leave. And um, I came back to Atlanta, Georgia, where I live now, and I had a baby and I had a very traumatic delivery and it's actually really interesting. It's a total eclipse of the heart because, um, one, a year after I had my child, uh, there was that, um, full solar eclipse. I don't know if you remember the one, it was September, 2017. Everybody went out and got the glasses. Yes. Yes. It's when, uh, the, our orange dot of a president looked into the sun. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> And um, something about that woke me up and I kind of looked around at where I was and who I was kind of pretending to be in order to make other people happy. And um, I ended up, I had, I had terrible postpartum depression, probably PTSD from my delivery. Mm. And um, I ended up leaving my husband coming out of queer and um, deciding never to go back to design you know, as a full-time gig, I bought a vintage camper so that I wouldn't have the fear of being homeless because um, I had been relying on, you know, my husband at the time's paycheck to kind of, to get by. So um, <laughs> it was, that was a huge kind of eat, pray, love year for me. I, I really changed everything. I took the biggest risks I've ever taken in my life, made the made decisions that, you know, probably look like midlife crisis from the outside, but I have deemed it my midlife correction Mm. um, because the camper ended up becoming a tool for my palm reading. And, um, you know, the palm reading thing really came out of me not knowing what I was going to do, how I was going to make my money, how I was going to have, you know, a situation that was flexible enough to take care of my child and be a single mom. Um, yeah, so that was, it was happenstance. I was just getting my hair done when, um, I had this idea cause I love New Orleans and I also love, you know, the metaphysical community. And I was kind of thinking with this marketing brain of, you know, what, what is not out there right now? What aren't we seeing? Um, mm. and, uh, yeah, palm reading kind of just dropped in. And the first time I did it, um, was Christmas of 2017 and I was just dared by my friend to do it at a, a pop-up and so I was studying all these big nerdy books that are very um, they're very sumptuous like they just want to tell you who you are you know mm. and usually the yeah. very negative way and they really look into every part of your hand to just kind of tear you apart and I wasn't feeling very good about that so I created this cheat sheet for me 
um, to guide me through a palm reading that were only going to highlight the pieces I thought were important for people to like self-reflect and have some personal growth from. And I would ink their hands onto this sheet and um, read it in this kind of formula. And, you know, that's, that's what my became my book because people, you know, just the, the process of inking your hand, first of all, I feel like the, uh, people just smile and they have so much fun with it. It makes you feel like a kid again. Um, and then me kind of visually breaking down these different pieces, exp- you know, explaining who you are. Um, and I did it in a way that wasn't, you know, telling them, you know, like, yeah, this isn't concrete. I'm not telling you this is exactly who you are and what you've been, but like, does this make sense to you? And, and, and just kind of like, asking questions and, and, and talking about it. And I, I just saw that people were really, you know, enjoying that and, and growing from it. I, I really love that. And I'm so grateful to hear that, you know, you came through that those, you know, pretty traumatic experiences and are doing th- something now that, that fills your heart. Like that's a beautiful thing, but I do want to jump back again because like you mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned Eat, Pray, Love, like, you know, there's a lot that you experience, like some huge life changes, right? I am, I am so curious about like, w- how did, like, what, what sort of, what are the components of like being in a marriage with a heterosexual man and a hetero marriage? And then coming out as queer after that, like what, like what? Right. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a lot more to that. Than let's, just, let's unpack It's not that, that easy. That, that, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Cause like how old were you when you, when you came out? Um, oh gosh, it was, I was like 30, it was two years ago, like 38. And now I'm yeah. 40, you know, like really yeah. late in life. So I've right. always, ident- I'd always identified since I was a teenager as um, bisexual, but I don't think I, uh, I, ever again I was just trying to make other people happy I was really mm. scared I did have relationships um with females but the ones that I always stuck in you know for, for the longer haul were males I think just because it was this like I felt safer you know I wasn't having to to rock the boat and I was you know living in a lot of fear of the you know patriarchal you know people in my life so was that the environment you grew up in was it oh for sure my mom anti-gay and oh yeah there my family is from richmond virginia very very southern um my Mm. parents are still married my mother was a stay-at-home mom my dad did the corporate thing it was it's i i had a beautiful childhood in california like um it was kind of you know quote unquote the american dream so i think i'd and i'd always been more creative and like i said i was really goth and like um, but there's still this piece to me who that that wanted to please. Yeah. 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 So. Um, so you hid you hid part of yourself in in that process of that. For sure, or I didn't allow myself to explore, you know, a piece of myself in a larger way. And yeah. I think it got to the point, you know, when you're talking about sexuality, of course, you're talking about sex, and it got to the point where, I mean, to be blunt, sex with a man was was not something I wanted to do anymore. And yeah. I, I really feel like coming through, you know, also having that traumatic delivery, which, um, you know, for anybody that's listening, moms or whatever, fourth degree tear is pretty serious. And, and that's a whole kind of, you know, sexual situation as well. Um, 
And when you get really dark into depression um, and you start to come through it and there is this, like there, you really want to find that light, you know, and hold on to mm. it and grow. It's almost like you get a new lease on life. So when I started to see that light again, coming through my postpartum depression, I really was like, stop living your life for other people. It's no, so not worth it. After what you've been through, you deserve it. You know, you deserve to honor yourself and what you want in life by um, making these changes and saying, you know what? I've lived half my life to make you happy. Now, now it's my turn, you know, and, and I have a hard time um, not regretting, you know, like I have a lot of regrets, I think. Like what would have happened if I would have come out 20 years ago, you know? Right, right. But we'll, we'll never know. I'm just really proud of myself for doing it now because if you think of, you know, the LGBT community, even just 20 years ago, there was a lot of people who lived and died in the closet, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I, I'm, I, yeah. I'd imagine it's still happening, right? And oh, you know, there, there's a yeah. tremendous amount of work to do on that front. And I, I am very proud of you for going through that and making that choice. Like that is um, so self-honoring and beautiful. Well, and the best part of it, and I just got the chills. The best part of it is that when I honored that part of myself, that's when I really found an alignment in just my whole life. That's when everything kind of fell into place in terms of, you know, I got this book deal three months after I started palm reading. And wow. I had always, I had worked on the other side of publishing. I was the advertising designer. I never in my life thought I was going to have a book deal. And the way that it happened was I was just getting these ideas and I was following these thoughts that I was having. Um, so I'm like, you know, I had this idea of like, nobody's doing palm reading this way. You've designed something. Why don't you just even see if it's possible to like, make this into something. And so I just sent an email to an editor I knew and I said, I don't want any favors. I just want to know if this is any kind of a good idea. And I mean, he immediately sent me to one of the best agents in, you know, the spiritual community. And it was just like, bam, 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 you know, here I, and then I was like, okay, I guess, guess I'm really a palm reader now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just to say like, the reason I love that story so much is because it inspires people. And so when I do readings and people are usually coming to me in a very vulnerable situation in which, you know, they're stuck. They don't, they don't know where to go. I'm like, you know, Hey, I know exactly where you're at. And, and this is, you know, how I handled it. Um, and I'm all right. And sometimes people just need to know, you know, mm. uh, you're not, you're not the only one or they're yep. just looking for like a little breadcrumb to like get them that little next step. Um, Right. on their path or just to know that, you know, it, it's okay to change, you know, we got to change. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I, I hear your story and I, I, uh, I get goosebumps too. Cause I, I feel, <laughs> you know, what, what strikes me as so, um, wonderful and it's so human is, uh, this idea of coming into ourselves and learning about like who we are and that's that's um, that's a work. That's an effort that not all of us take. And and so I went through a period of life where I, you know, I, you know, I grew up in an environment that that felt very like uh, the opposite of who I wanted to be, and I felt very um, 
like you, like I felt like I had to hide or I felt like I could, like I didn't have the safety to really explore those things. And now um, I'm 39, so I'm close to you, your age. Like I'm at a point where, you know, I started going to therapy and really exploring these things. And, and, and now I'm doing the podcast and feel a human and all these things are coming to fruition because I am doing the work of knowing myself and, um, like for you, Helene, and for the listeners, like the work of knowing yourself is, it's, it's not selfish. It's honoring. It's beautiful. The more we know ourselves, the more we can really explore that and get to know like what lights us up and what fulfills us. Like our relationships are more enriching. Our, our life is just more fruitful because of that that process. Yeah. And that radiates outwards. And what I what I yep. probably think is true for you too is that even though I I look at myself as someone who does healing work, I feel like I'm being healed, you know, at the the same amount that anyone I'm talking to is. In fact, there's a lot of times I do readings and I'm like, oh gosh, I should be paying you. <laughs> like you just brought you just brought me a message that I needed to hear. You know? Yeah, yeah. I feel that all the time. <laughs> uh huh. I mean that's that's the beauty of connection, right? If we're if we're oh, coming yeah. into a situation like you are, you and I are now, um, and and we're present and we're staying open, you know, and allowing others, you know, allowing you to show up as you are, allowing me to show up as I am. There's so much exchange in that, and it's it's mutually beneficial. Yeah, I'm gonna have the high from this conversation probably for a couple hours after we talk, and I love that. <laughs> um, but you know, I also want to say, even though you know our stories are inspirational and they feel really good for people to hear, it's not—it's not always perfect. Just because you found alignment, you know, there's—it's yeah. you're still on a journey, and there's still crazy ups and ups and downs. You know, I thought that just because I had a book and out, I was like, that's it, I'm perfect. And now I'm like. You know, I feel like I'm right back on that journey again. Like, okay, now what? You know, I have to figure this all out again. But honestly, that is for me. It, it's kind of the fun part in life because I I need that movement. I can't just do going to the same office, you know, all day every day. That's just not in my blood. So even though it it brings me great anxiety to live this kind of spiritual artist life, um, I do I do find some some, you know, reward in trying to figure it all out. Well, I think what's, you know, I I think there's a couple, like you're obviously moving, like the movement piece of it is like, you're in a camper and there's literal movement, (laughs) but also there's the movement of like, we have to keep moving as humans. And I don't mean like physically, I mean, emotionally and spiritually, we have to keep uh, stoking those fires of curiosity Otherwise, we're not going to do that. Work. We're not going to figure out like where we right. need to go and why we need to go there, you know? Yeah. And for me, there's no real destination. You know, I feel like exactly. all, a lot of us yeah. are trying to head so fast to get to some perfect place in life where everything is exactly as it should be. But I don't think that place exists. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's not. Yeah. It's that's That's the trap of you know, capitalism or whatever you want to call it. Like it's, there's, there is no end goal. It's, it's, it's movement. It's, it's, uh, flexibility. It's presence. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm very curious. Like how did, um, how did your ex-husband take that? Not well. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And, uh, and we co-parent now and that is a, a whole other 
series of challenges because, you know, I, I think that's a, a hurt that is going to hurt him for a long time. And, yeah. and that's also very hard on me because again, I am very empathetic. I, I, I get it. You know, um, I actually just went through a huge heartbreak and the part of me is like, man, was that karma for, you know, breaking his heart? That aside, mm. um, mm. yeah, that it was a, a hard hit for yeah. him, but it was always, it was hard on me as well because I also had the responsibility of, of being a parent. And when we separated, my daughter was two and, you know, I changed her whole trajectory. Um, but then I had to look at it from a mother's perspective and be like, well, what kind of, you know, what kind of mother do I want to be? Like, what kind of role model would I want her to stay in an unhappy situation to make other people happy? Like, you know, um, so I think that's I, tremendous insight. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And she is on her own journey. Like children mm-hmm. are a whole other podcast. <laughs> They're the spirits <laughs> on their own journey. We can. We can mold and mother and all that as much as we want, but at the end of the day, you've also got to give them a lot of space to, to do their own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did your parents take you coming out? Um, I, I, so first of all, the divorce. Let me tell you that I did not tell them until three months after we were divorced because I was just—they're very anxious. I think honestly, that's where my, um, you know, anxiety comes from Mm. uh, because I am diagnosed generalized depression and anxiety. So um, I just didn't want to rock their world too much. So um, when I came out, it was because I realized that nationing coming out day was the same day as like national mental health day. And Mm. I was like, Oh, that's quite the link there. So I really, yes, I really feel like if I don't do this, you know, I felt like it kind of was a sign, like I need to do this in order to, you know, really take care of myself and just, just be like, Hey, if you guys care about my life and my mental health, this is just the way things are. Um, and I did it in an email mm. and, um, I, again, I just knew that my, my, my dad needs kind of like me, he needs some time to process things. Um, and so I, I did that in a way that would give him the time and space. And, um, my mother said, duh. <laughs> 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 which gives some very different reactions yeah um, yeah um, was now, it a like a supportive <laughs> duh like yeah, yeah duh, it, duh, kiddo. <laughs> it was it was a supportive duh uh, but um also she was worried about you know more about his reaction so mm. um i haven't brought a like a partner home yet and mm. that will be a whole other level of you know reality sinking in for them uh, but hopefully soon yeah yeah isn't it wild that there are sure there's the old guard of people like our parents right who mm-hmm. you know um grew up in these times where uh you know homosexuality was a sin or it's evil or whatever and there are still people like that today um who are not old old guard but it is it is wild to to think that uh that kind of mindset and prejudice and mm-hmm. can exist even in, even in the people that uh, we love. Oh yes. Um, but it, I think that makes it even more important to, to show who you are because then, you know, those Indeed. people realize these are people that I love, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, so, 
you have this eat, pray, love moment. You come out as queer. You divorce your husband. You have very traumatic childbirth. How? Tell me a little bit about like how um, how the co-parenting is with like you on this sort of like wayward artist journey and uh, kids in tow and how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we're just very different people now. Even though we met in art school. Um, he has worked his way up the kind of advertising corporate ladder and I've gone the other way, you know, now I'm the, you know, the gay palm reader with the camper. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's a really tough push and pull, you know, because he, mm. he really, he cares about other things. He, she's almost five years old. But he's really focused on like learning and development. And, and I mean, of course I am too, but I'm more focused on play and, um, connection between us because, you know, I feel like her emotional journey, you know, she's really just coming to terms with, you know, maybe not everybody has two homes and, and you know, things like that. I have to think yeah. about, you know, coming out to her eventually or explaining to her at least. Um, so we just have very different perspectives and, and sometimes we are not, you know, we're not our best selves <laughs> to put it yeah. lately. Um, and, and that is going to be something that, you know, it's to navigate for the rest of our lives. Um, and and I, I am optimistic that eventually things will shake out. But, um, you know, for now, we just we try to keep a business and we try to keep boundaries. And we're, we're humans. We make mistakes. We say things we shouldn't. But you just have to keep moving forward and, and trust that you both have, you know, um, our kids' best intentions. Yeah. Mind. You know, I'm cu- you mentioned play. I'm curious like how your sort of your journey and and your life and your art and and the way, you know, the way you live, you know, your person, um how that you know relates to your parenting, like how it informs your parenting, you know. I'm curious of like other aspects of like your self you know, sort of plays into mm-hmm. that parenting piece. Sure. Well, I, I, she definitely has tarot cards. <laughs> <laughs> like they, have, she has like animal spirit tarot cards and like unicorns, but they have like you know positive affirmations. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely, I am just so intuitive, and that can be a blessing and a curse, you know, because sure. like sometimes I do wish I was more structured in terms. You know, we have to do school now, this virtual pre-K, which seems ridiculous. And um, we don't always do the homework. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I'm like, we're going to go for a walk. But I just don't feel like at this point in time that that's that important because, you know, they, they say to keep your kids off screens. But right now she's on a screen for five hours a day doing virtual pre-K. Um, so, you know. I, I, I think it's interesting to see how that's going to go when she goes to real school because I was actually yeah. an A, I was an A student, you know, um, I'm, I was an overachiever. Um, but I also think it's, it's interesting. I like to look at my child through the lens of astrology. I think that that's very supportive, hmm. uh, because it, it really explains a lot of who she is and her behavior. So for anybody so. who's, yeah, for anybody who's into astrology, she is a Scorpio sun. Leo rising Aries moon. So Scorpio is like the most feared water sign. It's like the darkest, most emotional, kind of manipulative 
Leos are like, look at me, see me, hear me. And then the Aries are like very um, passionate, bold. So she just has all these like, like strongest elements in astrology. And she has been a fireball ever since she was born. Um, I mean, just starting from delivery. So just having that lens of like, okay, she's having a tantrum and, uh, you know, she can be, um, very manipulative. She really likes her daddy. And so a lot of times when she's with me, she's like, I want daddy or I don't love you anymore and things like mm. that. And I know, I know she doesn't mean those things, um, truly. But again, like the lens of astrology, I'm like, okay, that's just some Scorpio stuff right there. Like you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Almost, yeah, almost like my defense mechanism. Right. Um, and there's crystals under her bed, and I'll spray her with some sage spray if she's crazy. So it's, I, <laughs> I definitely operate a witchy household. But again, I really feel like uh, I, I deal with her intuitively, where he reads a lot of books. You know, so he, when we were potty training her, and you can edit this out, this boy's not that people, but when we were potty training her, he read this book and bought it for me called like Potty Training in Three Days. Um, we've been potty training now for three years. So that, that's where I feel like our difference is. Um, hmm. I'm not one to like force and put her in a box because I know she's not going to really, she doesn't belong in a box. Right. Yeah, she's. She's going to do it on her own time, and we might have to try some things that aren't necessarily, um, you know, what the doctors are going to say. Um, she's also developmentally delayed, so there is some, um, you know, work we have to do with her in that way. Yeah, I mean, I I hear you talk. I mean, like... <laughs> parenting has got to be, I'm not a parent, but it's got to be the hardest job on the planet, you know? And I, I think my, I think about my, my, uh, my wife who is a college English teacher and just like any educator, right? Like I, I think about how I think, and I think this is an important lens through which to look at like mental health, which is like, everybody is truly unique. And, and yet I get that there are tools and mindsets and books and, and frames of thinking that like want to put us into boxes because that's easier and and we have to have some sort of framework but like right i also get the other piece of it where you know i was raised with kind of strict parents but they were also like gone a lot and so i was gone a lot and they allowed me to do a lot of crazy things that maybe I shouldn't have done, uh, but because I was gone all day, like that kind of thing, like there's a certain piece of that that I value, right? That like freedom and like wildling part of like what childhood could be, you know? But I also understand that like, hey, maybe maybe there does need to be some structure at times and, you know, like it's just a hard right. thing to balance. And I do, uh, the balance I think is the key word though, especially with um, me and my ex-husband, I feel like she's going to get the balance. She's going to have, you know, the intense structure from him. And then she's going to have more of the free flowing, uh, from me. And then, yeah. you know what, eventually that might change. We'll see. You, you never know. But, um, talking about mental health and, and children, you know, it's a very interesting time because I don't know how many times people have told me that my child is going to be autistic. Um, mm. she even got, moved out of a school because they were like, she might have Asperger's. I feel like there's this hypersensitivity to diagnose kids that might just be a little weird. And, you know, um, a mother's intuition, I think a mother's intuition um, 
is is the most important thing. Um, for instance, I she had a bad fall and we took her to the hospital and the the, the nurses are like, well, we could run all these tests on her, um, which, you know, there's risk to them. Or we could just ask you, like, do you think she's okay? <laughs> and mm. I was like, yes, I, I absolutely think she's okay. And they're like, okay, then we can go. You know, they, they those nurses trusted what I felt over, you know, having to run all these tests. So I, I think that's kind of cool that intuition is taken seriously within the medical field to some degree. Wow. Yeah, that's, that is cool. I didn't, uh, you'd think that that wouldn't happen. You'd think that they'd want to run right. all the tests, but, uh, yeah, that's great. That's yeah. great to hear. Yeah. We're how you mentioned before, I'm going to jump back in time a little bit, like sure. being a, uh, a student perfectionism. Uh, what was your childhood? Like you mentioned it was great. Like what, what yeah. kind of childhood did you have? I grew up in LA, um, in a little suburb in LA called Roland Heights. And, um, you know, it was kind of picture perfect. My mom did Girl Scouts and uh, I took dance lessons. I actually danced for half of my life. That was what I was quote unquote, like supposed to be when I grew up. Um, what kind of dance? All dance, ballet, tap, mm-hmm. jazz. Yeah. And again, I think it was just the creativity and the intuition, um, that, you know, is, is still present in what I do today and in a physical form. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was beautiful, but you know, I, I will say that I lived down the street from my elementary school and I think the first time looking back that I, I knew I had anxiety or that I was a little bit different was I would run home from kindergarten if I like forgot my homework or something. I would just run mm. home. I get, I get in trouble for that all the time because <laughs> I just, it was like fight or flight, you know, and that. I, so you I forgot your homework at home? Well, I mean, I would if something happened. Like, I think I for I didn't do my homework, but it was an honest mistake, and I didn't know how to deal with that, so I just ran home. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. that kind of thing. And that has happened. You know, that's something I look at as an adult too, like this fight or flight thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had a really supportive mom, and you know, she she believes in ghosts and aliens and things like that. So <laughs> she's she's um, she's got me by black tutus when I was, you know, goth girl. And, uh, she's, she's into what I do. I've read her poems. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. I, so how, like, how does the, do you still battle with the perfectionism today? Oh my gosh. So much like every day, you know, I feel like that's any kind of artist battle, <laughs> you know, mm. like, you're like, Every day, like a nervous breakdown. Am I am I supposed to be doing this, or should I just quit? You know. Um, hmm. So is yeah. it's more connected to like your purpose and like what you're doing. It's less about like the output. Um, it's about. I mean, even like Instagram. You know. Hmm. Um, I I feel like Instagram is a very interesting medium right now because you are you're putting yourself out there. People are looking. They're judging. Um. And yeah, I think it is, it is about output. I, um, I, I do, you know, want to do well and I wouldn't say I'm type A, but I am hypercritical. Anybody who knows me is like, Lane, you are so hard on yourself. Mm. Um, but I, I do believe that's from, again, um, you know, just childhood growing up, parenting, being, being held to, you know, high standards, um, having, you know, that corporate America, you know, father was it was a lot to um 
kind of have pressure to live up to. And my, my younger sister actually has um, pretty serious developmental disabilities. And um, I don't know. I always felt like I was the one who had to, to step up, you know? Hmm. If you, in your mind, looking back, if you hadn't stepped up, what, what were the repercussions? Um, just not, I mean, you know, that's an interesting, I feel like we're having a therapy session right now. Cause I'm like, what would be the repercussions? Like just, you know, it's just pressure. Even now there's pressure, you know? Um, I mean, this is pressure you're putting on yourself. No, it's, it's like, I get sent job, uh, just job, you know, like corporate jobs. And I'm like, Oh no, like I, I'd rather kill myself than do that. Or, mm. you know, just any, anything that, you know? Mm. Um, so yeah, just the pressure to, to do the thing that, you know, somebody else thinks you should do. And it's constantly kind of giving the middle finger to that. Um, but then you don't want to fail because, you know, then you look or feel, I guess, feel like, oh, you were right. You know, so I guess it's that that you're right or wrong kind of thing that, that gets mm. to me. Hmm. I mean, Helene, you went through a long period of time where you were not exploring the, you know, you weren't in alignment, as you put it, you weren't, you weren't in alignment. And so you, you haven't had a ton of time in your life where you were doing the things that you felt aligned to do and that fill your heart. And and so it makes sense that there would continue to be some of this pressure and perfectionism perfectionism and all those sorts of things so you know i would just say to you like <laughs> be a little kinder to yourself oh, also yeah. also remember that you know people are always going to criticize and have opinions and uh the great thing is that we don't need to listen to them we can right you know and that yeah. feels great yeah right um and I, it's interesting because I've always been very, you know, expressive outwardly in terms of my appearance. So, like, I've always had brightly colored hair and wearing interesting outfits. But then I'm like, why are you looking at me? <laughs> um, but I, I do. I have positive affirmations all over my house that are like, give yourself grace. And again, the work that I do, I feel like I'm giving so much empathy to other people that it's like, you really need to give this back to you too. So it is that like, why can you hold this person in, in such, you know, non-judgment and then you come down on yourself. So I feel like it's a constant reminder to me as well. I think that is such a universal challenge for people like us, people who are empaths and are, you know, in these helping fields and who do get a lot of value out of like, you know, giving ourselves, but the key is is the balance the key is the boundaries the key is to remember that you know we can't pour from an empty cup right yes exactly yeah. so i'm very curious like as someone whose uh, palm reading knowledge uh is couched <laughs> in 1980s uh animated <laughs> classics ducktails ducktails <laughs> woohoo um what do you do you have a uh do you have some knowledge about like the history of palm reading and like how it started? Oh yeah. And you know what? They, they really can't track down like the first time that there was palm reading. There's um, uh, in the beginning of my book, there's a, a, a piece about the history of it. So it started, um, you know, China and in, India, 
Egypt, Middle East, but you know, it, it was a thing that, that was hard to trace down, but they think that it's one of the oldest, you know, quote unquote pseudosciences. Um, and it's still performed, especially in India, in China. I, I, I always ask somebody when they get a palm reading, if they've ever had it done before, because sometimes I hear really cool stories that, you know, are from other countries and things like that who do it very, very differently. Um, so a lot of the history of it, though, and I think where it became more of a solidified um, art was in the 1900s, um, late 1800s, early 1900s. There was a couple mm. of palm readers that were really um, getting noticed and writing, putting out a lot of literature on it. Um, and that is where I, you know, still got the basis of what I do from. Um, I just wanted to, again, kind of put a lighter spin on it or or just make it easier, a little less overwhelming and overbearing. Um, because, I mean, you know, something I have to look at all the time is if I or if people, you know, they don't want to believe, you know, there's this whole thing about believing. Um, I got to tell you, the more and more I do it, I it, it's, it's crazy the things that um, – or the stories that people tell me based on something I see in their hands. Um, and also I, I kind of choose to believe I choose not to, you know, keep go down that hole of like, what if it's not real? Like it's, mm. if, if it's working for me in this way, like why would I, why would I even go down that rabbit hole? So, um, so yeah, the history, you know, there's been a lot of really interesting people that have done this. There's, there's been females that um, were notable and celebrities, a lot of celebrities have gotten their, their palms read. Marilyn Monroe, there's some, um, you know, photographs of her getting hers read. And um, I have not read a, an A-list celebrity yet, or maybe one day. <laughs> <laughs> what, like you mentioned, um, you know, doing like a lighter side, like what is, what is the darker side? Like what is the, what does that mean exactly? You know, there's things out there where you can see or you know, tell somebody's a murderer or, you know, has psychotic tendencies and if they're going to die and, mm. or, or when they're going to die, you know, which is something I always say. Like, people are like, you're going to tell me when I'm going to die? Like, no, but you know you're going to die, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know, it's also very interesting. Um, there are clinical studies on the hands and how different marks um have been scientifically proven to show different, um, uh, especially mental, um, you know, uh, mental health. So there's a, a line called the simian line, also called the transverse palmar crease, which is like a one line that will cut across the hand. And it's something like 20% of children with Down syndrome have that, that line. Um, not, not everyone that has it has Down syndrome. My mother actually has that line but there's there's other marks in the hand that have been um, studied um, a lot of I think older nurses used to kind of look for that kind of thing um, hmm. well we don't we don't really use those those things anymore but yeah there's there's a lot that you can look at fingerprints are supposed to hold um, life purpose which is really interesting so um, again I'm really kind of fascinated with the connection between science and and palmistry are general like markings and lines on our hands and our fingerprints are on our bodies and develop three months before we're born. Uh, fingerprints never change, which is why we have forensics and the lines do change. And 
um, they're supposed to change as we change. So I'm kind of on my own journey looking at my kids' hand because, you know, I've been doing this since she was two, um, and they're very simple. Um, but if anybody saw a picture of my hands, they're they're crazy. But also my life has been crazy. You know, I'm sure they didn't look like this when I was, um, you know, that young. If if someone, uh, you know, like myself, who's never had a had my palms read mm-hmm. and was curious specifically about like doing it to help them from like a mental health perspective, like what would you say? Um, can you clarify that a little bit? I, I don't mean that they're going to get like treatment or anything, but like right. they want to, they want to, I don't know, they're experiencing some, uh, depression. They're experiencing some, uh, pain. They want to just get to know themselves better and or they want to know themselves sure. better. Like what, what would, what would you tell them? I would usually just describe my experience and the options that are out there. You know, I do Mm. see a lot of anxiety on people's hands and most people know right away. They're like, Oh yeah. I'm so, you know, full of anxiety. Um, but so you're, you're actually seeing when you look at a palm, you see markers of anxiety or depression, things like that. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, because we have, we have a headline in the center of our hand and that is your mental self. So, if there are breaks or um, or splits or things like that, I might talk about what happened um, in that part of their life because these lines work on a timeline. So if there is a, a break in the line that happens at, let's say, 24 years old, I might be like, hey, did something, you know, a big decision happen or something traumatic? Did you change some things? And a lot of people would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's when I had a nervous breakdown. You know, so mm. it's like I'm, there are these places on the hands where I'm almost giving the opportunity for people to discuss if they so choose to go there. Um, it's just, it's crazy how accurate it can be. Mm. Um, but if I, you know, if somebody came to me and they were talking about depression and things, you know, I, again, non-judgmental. I am on medication. Not everybody wants to be on medication, but there's also this stigma. I feel like that medication is so bad, but I'm, right. I'm one that's like, if it works, you should do that until, you know, you get to a point where you don't want to do it anymore, but whatever works for you, meditation, you know, yoga, getting outside, having a support person in your life. So I don't really like to, I don't like to be an advice giver, but I just usually state from my experience or my knowledge, you know, like mm. maybe this might be something, um, you know, is there, is there a hobby that, you know, could really bring you through this? Um, but, but mostly I'm just there to, to hold space. And if it feels like a good, you know, opportunity for me to, to give some options, then, then I will, but it's all about feeling out what somebody wants, you know, and needs in that moment. Mm. You know what I love about it is, um, and I, you know, I, I guess when I think about palm reading or things like tarot, you know, I had Lindsay Mack on the show way back when, and, and she talked about like, helping her trauma in doing tarot like tarot has helped her sort of understand her trauma and like work through her trauma and the same thing here right like like palm reading or really anything like there are so many paths to healing and self-knowledge and i i think uh it's so crucial to remember that as humans that there there aren't like you said if medication works great if not 
yeah, there are other there are other sources, and it, it could be, and it's not binary, right? It's it's not these mm-hmm. like you know, it's not science versus religion. It's like mm-hmm. all of these things can coexist, and they can cross over, and and the Venn diagram is very messy, and it's important to remember that, right? For sure. Yeah. So how is how is palm reading in the time of a pandemic? <laughs> It's depressing because I can't really do it. <laughs> so my camper that I used to take to festivals and pop-ups and all that, um, really in a ploid, and they, it's pink and, like, really cute, so it was a ploy to get people to get their palms read. Like, hey, don't be scared. Um, so that just sits outside empty a lot now. But I do mm. remote readings, and I do about five a week, and I they send in pictures, and I mark them up, and then do a oh, call and have a conversation. Yeah, so, you know, I feel like we're, we're really pivoting here, but um, – and that has really, it has filled most of the void of, um, you know, what I used to do. But I still, you know, it's hard. <laughs> it's really been hard for me to, to not do that anymore. Because I would, I would have diff- I would just work in so many different places and meet so many different people. And there's something about holding somebody's hand and, mm. and having a conversation that, you know, I think I would always get nervous before I did it. Like, like, who, do, who am I to think I can do this? You know, my life is so messy, blah, blah, blah. But then after hours of, of doing palm readings, it was just like I was so lit up with, with meeting all of these people who were so open and and honest and real with me. Uh, and I miss that. But these remote readings um, are are giving me some life. That's good. Yeah. So how does that work? Like, they, they take a picture of their hand, they send it in, and then you talk about do you send it back with the markups and all that stuff? So because of my design background, I really use those skills to support um, what I'm doing. So yeah, when they make an appointment, they get sent a sheet that has, um, you know, the instructions for the different um, photographs of the hands. I think there's like five photos and they're not, you know, they're not anything crazy. It's just like, you know, your, your hand hole, your hand, the lines, um, the sides of your hands. And um, yeah, they send it in. And then I, make a presentation in Photoshop. And when I do the zoom call, I share my screen and, and just walk them around everything. And it's very similar to if I was doing it in person, except instead of my finger pointing it out, it's, you know, the, the cursor. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> I really like for people to see the visual, um, to see where the information is coming from. And then, and then again, it's all about storytelling. And it's all about creating a dialogue. Uh, and I get to meet, the most amazing, beautiful people doing it that I would never meet, you know, in any other, any other way if I wasn't doing this. Yeah, that's true. And how much are they, are you guys having like a long conversation before the actual palm reading? No, uh, uh-uh, no, we're okay. no conversation at all. They send the photos and, um, the, the calls usually last about 30 minutes. I used to do these readings where they would send the pictures and it was all cold reading, which means like I wouldn't have any interaction and um, those are, those are, they're just, for one, they're not as fun for me. I don't get anything out of it. And I feel like I'm being tested, which, um, yeah, it just kind of takes the fun out. I'm just, I, again, I don't like saying or assuming things about people. Um, I like to, to, to connect through them. So um, I don't do it that way anymore. I've um, really had to navigate, you know, all these, these ways of, of palm reading or what feels right to me. And, um, you know, and what feels good to me because 
it can be hard also to, um, you know, when I'm having a really crappy day, <laughs> to, to kind of shut myself off and give everything to, you know, another person's um, energy. So, yeah, you know, that, that. that's been it. Yeah, that's been a, a, another thing to navigate too is how many can I do and what way feels best to me because I, I don't want to fall out of love with it, you know? Yeah. And what, like, what, two questions. What does yeah. that cost first? What does that cost, uh-huh. that virtual palm reading? Right now it's $85. Gotcha, gotcha. And what are, like, what are your plans for the future? Like, what is, what does the next year look like to you? I have no, no idea. idea. <laughs> no idea. I have <laughs> no idea. I would love to have another chance at a, a publishing project and I have mm. um I have ideas like that is one thing I do not like is ideas but sometimes that's not always the best thing either because you just get you know then you get like frazzled you're like I have some ideas. Um so I am doing some freelance design work right now for a publisher I used to work for which is nice. Um but yeah I am I'm taking it as it comes, you know, this is a very interesting time to be um an artist. And, um, yeah, all I can do is, is, is try to, you know, figure it out by doing the breadcrumb thing, you know, day by day. Yeah. Uh, I do have some cool things coming up. Um, I'm doing a, uh, a virtual art opening with Wes Bruce at the Peabody Essex Museum, where I will be reading his palm because he has a lot of um, hand silhouette pieces in his art exhibit. So gigs like that are something I'm hoping to, to have more of. Well, the fun thing is, is that I, I mean, I don't know the numbers, but a lot of people have hands. <laughs> I think so. I think you're right. I think that that could be a fact. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Here's a weird question. Do you <laughs> do you see um is there any like uh anything we can glean from lines and feet? Yes. Um you know, it's really funny a couple two years ago I I did an April Fools joke where it was foot full of stars and I changed my logo to a foot and like <laughs> put, put it on a um like a really crappy old van. <laughs> Some people <laughs> did it, thought I was serious and they're like, "Oh, Helene's reading feet now." But no, and just like with um, um, like acupressure and things like that, um, other cultures definitely read feet. I'm just mm. I'm not I'm not in that market yet. So. Yeah. Yeah. Plus they they think. <laughs> yeah, that's know. kind of my main point. <laughs> <laughs> like I just really don't want to look at feet. Yeah, I no, I, I hear you. <laughs> feet are weird. They are weird, but they also. <laughs> They also do have marks on them. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I'm I'm actually deeply curious. I, I want to pay you to read my palm because I, I uh, I've never had it I done, and to. I I would love to do that. Um, I would love to. Cool. Uh, yeah. So tell the listeners, Helene, a little bit about uh, your book. Sure. So it is. It is a kit. It is called the uh, Handful of Stars Palmistry Guidebook and Handprinting Kit. And it comes with um, an ink pad, an ink roller, and a silver pen. Because in the back of the guidebook, there are these purple pieces of paper that you tear out. And um, you will ink your hand onto that paper. 
and then follow the guidebook to read your own poem. So I really tried to make it step by step, um, you know, really easy process. Of course, you don't have to do the inking if you don't want to. I just really found that for a lot of people and for myself, kind of visual learning can, mm. um, you know, not not just looking at your own hand. I feel like that just blows people's minds. So if you make this print, you know, you can really sit with it and, and dive in. Um, and it's very, I try to make it really easy, really um, accessible and um, fun. So, you know, my favorite thing is to see people, you know, just like staring at their hands with this look of wonder on their face. <laughs> and uh, that's that's my intent with the book. I just want people to get this like sense of wonder of, of you know, what your body could say about you. And it's, it's really just about self-reflection, just like astrology or tarot cards or anything like that. I just think it's so special that it's a part of you. Mm, I love that. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. So, as we wrap up here, Helene, uh, we always talk about empathy heroes. Um, and so, these are folks in our lives who are empathetic. Uh, they even could be characters from stories we love, uh, novels, movies even. Um, I'm going to go first and name my empathy hero this week uh, to give you a moment to think about your empathy hero. Mm-hmm. My empathy hero this week is anyone who votes for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. <laughs> um, I, I, I rarely get political on this show. Uh, uh-huh. I don't think that's a political statement, what I just said. I think yeah. our current president, in my mind, lacks empathy. He lacks compassion. Uh, he's a vile monster. So please vote and please vote for Biden and Harris. Okay, the end. (laughs) Yes, I I don't, yeah, I'm I'm completely with you on that. Um, My empathy here is like, I knew exactly who I was going to say when you said that. Um, You know, I talked about Eat, Pray, Love a lot, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert and Glennon Doyle. So Elizabeth Gilbert, you know, the author of Eat, Pray, Love, but, um, you know, she has lived her way, lived her life um, in such a beautiful, um, creative and vulnerable way. That, and she just talks so openly and sweetly. I just, I think she's amazing. There's no veil to who she is, even though she's, you know, had New York Times bestsellers and, and all these things. Um, and then Glennon Doyle, uh, kind of same situation. She's, you know, and it's funny, they're both authors. Uh, but Glennon Doyle had a similar situation. Um, in her book, Love Warrior, she was, it was all about her going through the process of um, figuring out if she was going to get divorced from a man. And in the end, they stayed together, but now she is married to um, a famous soccer player. Female. Abby Wambach. Exactly. And um, I want to read her book too, but um, yeah, just again, vulnerable, open, honest. There's no, there's no veil to who they are. And I just find that so inspiring. Yeah. They are wonderful. They're, I, I read Glennon's latest book. Uh, oh, it yeah. was amazing. Like everybody has read that. Untamed. <laughs> Untamed. Yeah. It's great. Th- it's wonderful. I think it's, been the number one in, in the country for a while now. It's yeah. Both of those people are on my uh, dream guest list. Oh, yeah. Show. Yeah. Make, let's make it happen for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, 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 I listen. <laughs> right. All right. Um, uh-huh. Anyways, uh, Helene, uh, where can the listeners connect with you, buy your book, all that stuff? Um, I say Instagram is my main jam and that is a handful of stars underscore readings. Um, I post pretty frequently and I'm pretty personal in there. Uh, my website's handful of readingcom and the book is available 
everywhere. But, you know, if somebody was going to buy it, I would definitely steer them towards um, indie bookstores right now. Yeah. Uh, bookshop.org is a great one. Uh, you can buy books through and, and all of them, um, any purchase like supports local bookstores. So uh, I recommend that. Or IndieBound is a great source mm-hmm. for uh, uh, supporting local bookstores. Yeah. Well, thank you, Helene, for being a part of Yumi Empathy. I really appreciate your uh, the work you do, and uh, I'm excited to get my palm read. Yes, let's let's do that. Thank you so much for having me again. This was great. Oh, you're very welcome. And to you listeners, as I always say, I'm here, you're here, we're here together on this wayward, overwhelming, awe-inspiring pale blue dot. We have each other. It's Yumi Empathy. Empathy.